Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. You know, chances are you decided to come to church today because you desire something from God. And I'm here to let you know right up front, you're in the right place. Now, if you're listening to us via a podcast, we want to say thanks for joining, and and we pray and believe that this message will help you take your next step closer to Jesus as we do it all together, amen? You know, it's, it's obvious that there are things in our world that hold great value, physical things like money or cars and jewelry are examples of items that we highly value. But the real reason that things hold value, and here's a little bit of a secret, is because we as people, we say that they do. But let's think of the God of the universe, the God of all creation, the God who created gravity, who created time, biology, mathematics, you name it, God created it. Have you ever stopped and thought, what does he say is of great value, even more so than gold or precious jewels. Have you ever stopped to think, this is the guy who created everything, including education and language, including that. Have you ever thought your heart never, ever takes a holiday? It's never on vacation. Yeah, no heartbeat, no you. What does he say that's really, really valuable and has great worth? Have you stopped and thought, why should I believe what people are saying instead of what is God saying? Today we start a brand new sermon series called fool's gold in this series just might be well worth its weight in gold let's pray well father we thank you for your goodness and your grace lord we can preach a great sermon but if the soil is hard it won't penetrate so i pray lord that we would all bow our hearts to you right now and ask would you give us here ears to hear what you want us to hear would you give us eyes to see in the spirit realm what you want us to see a nose to smell the rose of Sharon to know the presence of God is here and Lord a heart that would be in synergy with the Holy Spirit God your will God your ways we begin this new series called fool's gold In Jesus' holy name, amen. You know, for much of history, precious metals, especially gold, has been the standard to determine what something is worth or what value it has. Gold is very difficult to locate, and it's even more difficult at times, well, to extract, depending on how deep it is and and where it's located 
can be incredible. Have you guys all watched Gold Rush on Friday nights, right? And those crazy guys really drive me nuts. Like, they're there where this huge stream is, and there's a cliff on one side, and, or a wall, cliff on this side, wall. And they're just right in the middle with these wetsuits. You're like 50-mile-an-hour water, and they're digging under the water to get this precious yellow stuff. Wow. And yet the Bible tells us that there is something even more valuable than a precious metal, that being godly wisdom. And it's interesting because of our upbringing and our culture, because of, of how we can be in our Western society, we, we hear that and we kind of go, oh, that's cute, whatever. But the truth of the matter is, the God of the universe who has always been, He's the one that says, wisdom is more valuable than even gold. And it says, even the finest gold. Like, there's no exception. How come sometimes there can be a dullness in our ears and we don't want to really think about what that just meant? People will give up everything to go chase gold. But... How can we not chase wisdom if God says it's more valuable than the yellow stuff? Interesting. The world and its systems, its culture, it offers us counterfeit wisdom in every aspect of our lives. You know, mankind's counterfeit wisdom is based on fake, phony and fraudulent inside. And that's why it's called fool's gold. Fool's gold, now for a fool's gold to work, to trick you, fool's gold counts on a person's greed, on a person's pride, on their lust, on their selfishness, to be able to fool the person to taking it as though if it's real, authentic gold. I remember as a kid, I used to go to Knott's Berry Farm. We lived in Orange County, so it was just like right around the corner. And they had this little place where you could go and you could pan for gold. And we would go through there and we saw all the little gold sparkly stuff. And I mean, my eyes got big. I filled up that little glass thing and I was so excited only to find out later when my parents told me, it's not gold, son. It's fool's gold. You just broke a 12-year-old's heart. But what happens when you're an adult and you find out the world's been lying to you and you thought you had the good stuff, that you were tracing a real dream? And the truth is, is you were chasing fool's gold. See, Jesus isn't in the business of playing tricks on you. God is full of wisdom so that you aren't tricked. So you aren't made a fool of. See, maybe it's a good time that we begin to dig deeper to find what is more valuable than earthly gold. To start searching for the wisdom of God 
himself more than earthly stuff. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app on your phone, I want you to turn with me to the middle of your Bible to the book of Psalms, or you can look on the big screens here. And and today we're looking at a few verses from Psalm 19 that King David wrote himself. And and he's writing in in his great reverence for God. And it says here in verse 11, excuse me, verse 9 through 11, reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than platinum. More desirable than what? Gold. That's right. Even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. I remember as a little boy in the city of Martinez, I had a neighbor friend. My, our, our neighbor, he, he raised bees at the family farm down the way. And so we would go over there occasionally. They would bring home the honeycomb or you could be there at the farm when they're pulling it all out. And I mean that honey on the comb. You, you were just like, oh, this is heaven. You just, and you would just, you can believe how much you want to eat until you got sick, right? But there's something sweet about it. And here, they are sweeter. What's he talking about? The reverence for the Lord and the laws of the Lord are sweeter than honey off a comb. Verse 11, they are a warning to your servant. Wow. And here's the best part. A great reward for those who obey them. See, David goes down deep in these three verses. He seems to be highlighting both a reverence for the Lord and the laws of God. As being pure and as being true. And this understanding is more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. Today, I want us to look at these two, the reverence of the Lord and the laws of God. So let's look first at at a reverence for the Lord. And I want to take you to a story uh, back when I was, I think I was a senior in high school. uh, The guys and I, we got a job at Anaheim Stadium, you know, the big eight, right? And hot dogs, you know, we were selling whatever. We, we weren't going there for the money because you had to be there like at 3.30 in the morning to get up. I mean, like, this was like, what are we doing? And you're in the car and you're like, this is dumb, you know. But you got to watch the game for free. Not really good, but it was, it was fun. And so I got to watch an incredible game with a guy by the name because uh, the Rams played there during that time. And so I got to watch two great records being broken, that one particular. Actually, December the 26th, 1980. I think it was 1982. Not that I'm talking numbers or anything. Anyways, um, Vince Ferragamo was the quarterback at that time. And Vince was an incredible quarterback for the Rams. He actually threw for 509 yards that game. Okay? 
That's an incredible. It's the second longest in history of the NFL. And here's the record. He threw for 509 yards and still lost the game. That's a bummer. Can you imagine being in the showers that day? Like, are you kidding me? What else do I got to do, guys? But there was another record that was broken that day, too. Because he lost that game to a guy by the name of Walter Payton. You may know him better as Sweetness. He broke a record. He broke his 10,000-yard rushing career in that game. I think he rushed for uh, 16,000 at the end of his career. Two incredible things, right? Well, I was a receiver, so I love sweetness, but I really like Vince Ferragamo. Well, in 1984, I'm a legend in my own mind, and I'm playing college football. Well, somehow, he's at the end of his career, this guy named Vince Ferragamo, and he, he literally, he, he also broke another record. He was one of the first guys, I think he was the first guy to have his starting career as a starting quarterback in the same season to be playing starting in the Super Bowl, and he did that. So can you tell, I kind of look up to this guy. Well, guess what happens while I'm playing college football? The coach says during the offseason, we're out there always throwing balls and, and doing drills and stuff. And he says, hey, guys. And he goes, hey, Marv. And I go, come over. He goes, he goes I, I'm picking about three or four of you guys. Um, I need you guys to help train a guy because he's, he's coming back in from Canada because he played at Canada football. And now he's, he's going to go try out for the Buffalo Bills. He goes, and uh, he needs somebody... He needs receivers so he can throw to. Um, I'm not sure, Coach. Oh, it's Vince Ferragamo. Oh, yeah, I'm there. I got to train for three months with Vince Ferragamo. So, yeah, my chest is out a little bit. I'm leading up to something. I'm not drifting on him for no reason. Vince Ferragamo... It was the funniest part. He shows up. He shows up late. I mean, typical quarterbacks. And he shows up late in his, his, you know, his Porsche Targa and all beat red. And he comes out this big leather, you know, gear bag. And half his stuff's just hanging out, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, we're like, and he's all in his full gray, so gray sweats. And you're like, dude, is that him? And he just goes up, hey, dudes, I'm Vince. What's your name? You're like, you're Vince? Okay. He was the most coolest, normal guy. And it was just the neatest thing. And I could run routes, and he would be perfect. And we had some tight ends who were slow. And he would throw it perfect. And then the speedster is up in the corner. He'd throw it perfect. It didn't matter. You can understand why he's a Super Bowl quarterback. So I was stunned to be that close to this kind of an athletic star. I had, I had deep respect for him as a person. Maybe you've had a similar 
encounter, I don't know, with a sports figure or, or maybe a celebrity or, or somebody very, very famous, politician or the sort, and, and, you, and you got a little awestruck. I'm telling you, this is the concept towards reverence that I want you to understand. That is the beginning of how we are to revere God. Because how I look up to that guy and how it was great and it was fun and he said he could get me a tryout for the Rams, I'm like, no, 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 no. Those guys don't pull back. They will break me in half, right? But here's the thing. I really admired the guy. And God is trying to say, when you want to revere me, you, you see how that might be a little awestruck? That's way down here. I want you to understand that's the beginning of how you're to revere God. This, you better be careful because that can turn into an idol. Me will never turn into an idol. Are you beginning to understand? A reverence, a revere. I can worship God. I can't worship Vince. Good player. That would be an idol. I can't worship money. That'd be wrong. You catching? So, since the beginning of time, God has been at work because He truly loves His people. That's us. That's, that's you. That's me. That's the people that you love. And that's the world. In fact, the Bible makes it clear that He loves us so much that He was willing to send His one and only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but everlasting life. He sent Him to a brutal death, guys. He's worthy to be revered, to be worshipped. Why did He do all of that? Because he says, I love you. He says, I love you, Marvin, in spite of you. That's why we should have a reverence for God. But like the name of this series, Fool's Gold, many things try to take the place of reverence for God. True reverence for God alone. Sometimes we fall into the trap of worshiping what the Bible defines as idols. I don't see it as an idol. It doesn't matter that you don't see it as an idol if it still is an idol. That's one of the things that they're doing in the political world today. They figured they could take a word and they, if, well, we want to give it a brand new definition. Uh, excuse me. Just because you change the definition doesn't change reality of what it is. Stop it. You're lying. Deception is still deception. Just because you change the definition doesn't mean you're not lying. Truth matters. Let's look at, at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. See, the thing about idols is that they're very temporary. You get all excited about this thing in your life, and whoo, it's great. 
But the high is very limited. It has a shortness to it. And, and it could be, an idol could be a boy or a girl that you're really attracted to. It could be your retirement. It, it could be anything that's drawing your attention away from God. That's an idol. Well, Paul says this, verse 18, So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. He's trying to tell us the things regarding God are eternal. They're forever. The things of the world, Marvin, they're limited and they're temporary and they lie. They don't fulfill the empty promises they gave you. I'm convinced if we were to look hard enough, we would be able to find a counterfeit version of pretty much everything God has offered us. None of which compares to the real thing. Because the world offers the opportunity to give our reverence to so many different things. All of which are ultimately, you could probably say it with me, fool's gold. But David doesn't seem to only be focused on where we give reverence, but what we give out. Also what we take in. See, David says the truth we can find in this world is is what we find in, in God's Word. In other words, the Word of God is truth. I, I don't know if you guys caught that. Somebody says, what's truth? The Word of God is truth. You catch that? You want to find the truth, you got to go to the Bible. The Bible is truth. And truth is the Bible. And church, if there's one thing that's being counterfeit right now in our world, it's truth. Remember that truth in and of itself has no agenda but to be true and to be the truth. The second the truth begins to be flooded with a counterfeit or with a lie, it's no longer true. It can no longer be itself. Truth can never, ever lie. It can't pretend to be something different than truth. That's why the Word of God is so great. That's why He shows us all the rated R stuff in the Scriptures, because He's not hiding the truth. Why? I may not like the truth, but don't tell me a lie. Did you hear that? How many of you parents know exactly what I'm talking about? I might not want to know what you've done wrong, but I don't want to hear a lie either. So just tell me the truth and I'll deal with it. Just don't what? Child, just don't lie to me. I can handle just about anything, but don't you dare lie to me. Right? And if your name is, last name is Telemontes, you know exactly what I mean. You know, uh, 
I don't want to miss this point. Jesus himself plainly says this in John 17, 17. He says, make them holy by... He's speaking to the, to the Lord. Jesus himself is speaking to the Lord. Make them holy by your... Say it with me, church. Truth. Truth. Teach them your word, which is... Truth. I, I'm not making that up when I made that statement, am I? Jesus himself said the word of God is truth. And truth is the word of God. So if God's word is the truth, why do many people seem to want nothing to do with the word of God? And instead seem to want to chase fool's gold. Because maybe that fool's gold and its empty promises are still very, very inviting. And you know what? Very satisfying. For a while, for a season. Maybe the Word of God has a tendency to bring this thing that many of us don't really like. I don't care if you're a Christian or not a Christian. This, there's this thing that many of us, we just kind of push it back. It's this thing called conviction. You got busted. You got caught. Marvin? Are you, do you have, are you getting cookies? No. What's that stuff all around your mouth? Nothing. See, when you're convicted, you get nervous, you get anxious. And the truth is, you're in a position where you have to make a choice. Repent and face the consequences. I lied. I did wrong. I deserve this. Or I'm going to double down on stupid. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing wrong. And Lord, you stay there. I'm going to do it my way. And here's my back. I'm going to chase my fool's gold. I'm going to chase that relationship I know is wrong. I'm going to chase all that money. I'm going to chase all that stuff. I'm going to chase, I'm going to chase, I'm going to chase. And I'm going to go right up to the edge of that cliff because it sure looks good. Fool's gold. We don't like conviction because then I have to face myself in the mirror. Was that right or was that wrong? What I'm thinking, what I did, or what I said. Fool's gold. When the Holy Spirit convicts a person of their sin, it literally rocks their world. I know I'm wrong, but I can't help it. And God's going, yeah. You know better. The Holy Spirit convicts you. You want to know where you should really get worried? When the Holy Spirit's conviction doesn't matter anymore. That's scary. Something else has found its way in your heart. You should be afraid. So David makes it clear in the in the Psalms, right? Psalm 19. 
that finding the truth, reading the truth, understanding the truth, and living by the truth are more desirable than gold. We got that. And if we choose to live by the truth, the Bible says that the truth will set us free. So in John 8, 32, and it says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. David closes the passage in, in, in chapter 19, verse 11, by telling us what else is in store for those who decide to live by the truth and to give reverence to God. He says, listen, you're going to revere God and you're going to embrace His laws or His ways. When you do that, here's the best part, the second part of verse 11. And it says, a great reward for those who obey them. The great reward is not just for the future. We go, okay, God, I'm really super old. I know all the good stuff's going to come when I get up there to heaven and I get a harp. Oh. Who told you heaven's about a cloud and a harp? Some stupid cartoon? I'm telling you, folks, heaven is incredible. The Bible describes it. There are some scholars that talk about colors are so great that you can smell color and taste color. I don't know about you, but I like to go to that place. They're so deep and so vibrant. And the reward is not just for heaven or eternity it's also for now. Looks here what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 12. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. So we know there's a gift in heaven. But look, he puts this word in there called and. And remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. There are many instances like this where we read about reward, and it's all about heaven. It's all about heaven. And we see that, and we get stuck there. However, the reward David was talking about, the reward David was talking about is in heaven. Because David knows those who choose to revere and follow God will reap the benefits of it now. Now, if you choose to learn about godly wisdom now, as we will do in this series, you'll benefit from growing in wisdom now. If you choose to seek direction from God now, the Bible says that, you, that He will direct your steps now. We serve a God who's not just focused on some great day in the distant future. But God is also focused on right now. Faith now. Jesus said in John 10.10, He says, The thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. It doesn't say eternal life. It says life. What's He speaking about? Now, Jesus says the good stuff is now. Jesus came to give us life. 
Not just eternal life, but abundant life for the present. And church, I'm here to let you know that the way to experience abundant life is to revere the Lord. And it's also to obey His will, His way, His laws. It's time to worship Him with everything you've got. Don't be the, well, I'm really good being a Christian on Sunday when I show up to church, you know. But do you know the other times, you know, the other six days of the week? Well, Lord, just stay over there and look that way. I got something to do. <laughs> God doesn't want a two-faced Christian. A Christian when he's at the building and a Christian that's really not a Christian when he's away from the building. He wants us to be real 24-7. 365 and a quarter, because you know there is that leap year thing. Let's not settle for the counterfeit stuff. Don't follow the lies of the enemy. So I want to invite you, as we close, to take some sort of step in your faith today. Maybe for you today is the day you take that first step declaring that you want a personal relationship with Jesus. Maybe for you, your, your step requires you to recognize your tendency to chase the world, the counterfeit stuff, the fool's gold. And it's time to say, I'm done. I'm done. How many have found out that when you chase fool's gold, counterfeit stuff, you chase the world, that it will leave you hanging dry? That it will hurt you. It will still kill and destroy you. The world is not a nice place. Maybe for you, your step is, is bowing in reverence to God. Or simply opening God's word more than you've been. Either way, I want to invite you to do what your step is today. With your eyes closed and your heads bowed. Father, I come before you and I just ask that you would just pour out your spirit on your people. Lord, I sense there's a conviction going on. And it rattles us. It rocks our world. Because we know that the Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to go in this direction and say no to the fool's gold. I want you to make me, meaning the Lord, number one in your life. Not part, not 80%, 100%. If you're here and you know you've been chasing fool's gold, Somewhere in your life. And you say, Pastor, I want, I want you to pray. I now am saying I'm making a step towards chasing the wisdom of God, the authentic, true gold. If that's you, raise your hand, look up at me, 
And I want to pray with you. Praise God. Praise God. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. If maybe you've been far from God, and you're not even sure if your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life because of where things have been in, with you, and you want to know that you know that God is with you, you want to give your life to the Lord again today. Would you raise your hand? Would you look up at me? Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Say this with me, everybody. Say, dear Jesus, be the leader of my life. I'm done chasing fool's gold. Be the Savior of my heart. Be the leader of my life. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Make me a Christian. Forgive me for walking away, for running away. I love you, Lord. And I thank you for what you did on the cross for me. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray for your people. I pray that they would always understand that, Lord, you may have sent us to go across to the other side. And we left here where miracles were happening. And we were headed to there. But, Lord, in the middle, the in-between, that's where the storm hits. That's when the wind and the waves got harder and bigger. But Lord, that's when you tell us, just keep moving forward. More miracles on the other side. I know there's a storm, but just trust me. And like Peter, we say, if that's you, Lord, will you call me to come? And you say, come. And help us to stop doubting, but to trust in you with all things. Your blessing be upon your people, I pray, Lord. Guide them in all their thoughts. Your will, your way, in Jesus' holy name. And we all say together, Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.